Buying a vacation rental business when you have absolutely no experience of the short-term rental industry is a challenge. And today I am talking to Justin Keller-Hobson, who is the brave or part of the brave group that bought my company, Cottage Link Rental Management. And Justin's going to share how his first three months of the business have gone and his thoughts for the future and a whole lot more. Tune in. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you today. And if you listen to this on the day of publication, we're just a few days shy of Labor Day, the end of the season. And for the last 19 years, it was always this big cause for celebration. And the last week of the season, we would get all the staff together and head on out and have lunch and reflect back on what had happened over the summer season. And the reason we did it just before the end of the season, while we we were still in the season, was because we still had our part-time staff with us and we could take them out as well and treat them to a really nice lunch and send them on their way with all our thanks and gratitude for their help over a really busy summer. But it was also a chance to, you know, go through some of the issues that had happened, the challenges that we'd encountered, and usually it ended up being quite hilarious. And (laughs) I've often said, I will write a book about all of these because every year things came up that had never come up before. And we had to devise new ways of, of handling situations that we'd never been in before. So, so that lunch was, was just a real chance for us all to let it all out, really, <laughs> and, and, and enjoy the fact that we were approaching the much quieter season. So this year is a little bit different because I'm not, you know, although I'm still in transition from the sale of the company, I'm not as closely involved with what's been going on. Although I have been keeping a good weather eye on on the things that have been happening and, you know, just keeping in touch to make sure that, you know, if, if anybody wanted the benefits of, of my experience that uh, that I was there to offer it. And I've also been out to look at a few new properties as well. So I'm still keeping my hand in. And enjoying, still enjoying every minute of it. I just don't have to talk to people, <laughs> and I, but I don't have to deal with the issues anymore. So that that's been rather nice, and I really have enjoyed my summer. Thank you very much. But today I'm talking to the person who has been on the cold face for the entire summer, and has been involved in just about every situation that's occurred. Has been out there acquiring new owners and dealing with the owners that we already have, and and certainly making his mark on the company as very well he should. As Justin Keller Hobson is the new CEO of my company of my former company. 
And I'm so delighted to invite Justin onto the podcast just to talk about, you know, what it's been like for him over the last three months, but also go back a bit to eight months ago when Pillar 49, the company that bought CLRM, first came along and expressed an interest in buying the company. So this is a really great conversation and I'm sure I'm going to learn things that I didn't know. So without further ado, let's go straight on over to my chat with Justin Keller Hobson of Cottage Link Rental Management. So I'm super excited to have with me today, Justin Keller Hobson, who is the CEO of Cottage Link Rental Management, which incidentally used to be my company for for 19 years. So this is really interesting (laughs) doing this discussion, Justin, um, (laughs) because I've, you know, I've I've never had to interview somebody who bought my company before. (laughs) So welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. No, I'm incredibly, incredibly excited to be here. It's uh, it's funny being on a podcast with you, given we have so many discussions uh, offline here. It doesn't uh, it doesn't feel any different. So just talking about the business like normal. Well, that's right. So talking about the business before you, I mean, before January of 2022, before we, oh, it's January, February, I think January, we put the business, uh, listed the business and February, I think we had our first mm-hmm. interview with you guys. And when we met you, you had absolutely no background in short-term rentals. So, just for uh, you know, to give everybody you know, that bit of background, can you just sort of describe what Pillar Forty Nine is and and what you do? Yeah, definitely. So it's myself and two other partners, Peter and Corey. And, you know, our backgrounds are finance focused. We came from investment banking and large cap private equity. So we were looking at larger size businesses and, you know, we wanted to make the transition on our end, start our own firm and really focus on small and medium sized businesses here where we can really drive value both on our side and then working with great operators like yourself who can manage the business incredibly well. But from the finance side, you know, they don't think of it the same way. So it's a great combination there. And we always like to think of ourselves partnering with owners rather than acquiring them, because that's really what we're looking for. We want to keep the team in place. We want to keep the culture in place. And we want to take what those owners have built and really take them to the next stage here. So like you said, we didn't have a ton of background on the space here. We initially came across it when we were doing some industry work and immediately fell in love with it. And there's so much to like about it. And I can go into more detail on what we like about the industry. But when we came across CottageLink and yourself and Craig, we knew it was you know a perfect match. We are Canadian and focused uh, based in on in Toronto here. So having, you know, something that's two, three hours from us, it, we knew immediately, you know, getting into the space, not only would it be a great opportunity from a returns perspective, but also from a learning perspective and having you and Craig stay involved with the business post transition here uh, has been great and really helped us learn. So it's, uh, it's been an amazing experience and we'll probably get into it later, but we joined right at the beginning of busy season. So it's, uh, we've been drinking from a fire hose to say the least. So when we talked to you and I was down in Alabama mm-hmm. and I was sitting in my RV and Craig was, was up in his cottage in uh, north of Huntsville when we did the Zoom call with you for the very first time. And by that time, I think we talked to about five or six other interested parties. 
and you know that that was such an eye opener having those conversations because basically what we fit what we realized is that we were interviewing buyers at the outset it's like oh my gosh we've got somebody who's interested in the company and then there were so many we were interviewing them to make sure that they were the right match and we had we had people who had been in the business we had ex guests who who were interested in buying and we had consolidation companies from the US that we talked to but when we sat down and talked to uh, you and Corey and Pete it was like oh my gosh this is the team <laughs> to take this on and i remember getting off that call and calling craig back straight away and i said it's them this this is who we are going to sell to and i was so excited so it was I, i think it was you know match made in heaven this one no i totally agree it was uh, i came off that call ex- in- incredibly excited and i immediately went to pete and cory saying you know this is one we need to uh, look into a lot more and you know all of us ourselves and um for those who aren't you know listening from canada cottaging is one of the most canadian experiences out there so myself peter and cory had all been to cottages my grandparents had cottages and you know taking that and what we knew of amazing cottage experiences here and the hospitality that can be provided from a rental standpoint was something that really stood out and you know i think the big thing to think about here too is hospitality for a business like this is so much more important than for other markets you know condos are fairly commoditized right you you go in you know exactly what you're going to see a couple bedrooms a shower cottages are incredibly different um and you know it better than i do but you know what lake you're on um what watercraft is provided all of that goes into it and really leads to the rental management side adding a lot of value so when we came out of that call and the fact that you and Craig would continue you know to be involved um to show us the ropes was something that really stood out to us so we're we're definitely excited to be in the business and the continuing involvement of you and Craig is has been amazing and I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later but going through busy season we definitely couldn't have done it uh without you and Craig as advisors <laughs> yeah and we are going to go into that later but just just first of all you just said you know you went back to uh, to Pete and Corey and you said we got to look into this a, a bit further now that looking into it a bit further mm-hmm. went through the next for i mean it seemed like a year of what i understood was called due diligence and as as you know i had a couple of meltdowns along the way and mainly because i didn't oh we we had some fun that's for sure <laughs> mainly because i i you know as as a business owner i'd i'd thought about selling but really hadn't understood the process well enough and and something else you said you know you have a different way of looking at the business than Craig and I had you know two friends that got together back in 2003 and said you know let's let's go into business and if if we make a little bit of money along the way that would be very nice and i i guess i mean Craig might dispute this maybe not but i'm i'm not sure we were ever particularly business like about it and going through due diligence made me completely realize that But what about that process confirmed your initial decision to purchase a company? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, from an industry perspective first, you know, we sent uh, we spent multiple months here really understanding the industry. Uh we spoke with a ton of people in in the industry, different experts there. Um, you know, we we spoke to different uh rental agencies too, you know, across the US and Canada just trying to understand the industry more and, you know, what really 
I think stood out to us there was a few things that excluding the company, just from an industry standpoint, we absolutely fell in love with and thought would be a great long-term benefit. You know, from a value add standpoint, we think short-term rental agencies had huge value, right? Not only, you know, the most obvious is from a time perspective and a stress perspective, we're taking that away from the homeowner. They don't need to deal with those guests. We're able to troubleshoot those issues and we're able to generate that demand. And I think, especially in markets where there isn't an undersupply of rentals, that's when you get into I'd say a lower conversion rate. You get more inquiries for less bookings. And that's where we add that value for homeowners. We're answering those questions. And then from the rental perspective, we're able to market that property better. And I've become so convinced on this side that I, I truly think the service, you know, once we include our commission, I actually think they're netting probably more than they would if they self-managed. So that to us was an incredible value perspective that, you know, these rental agencies provide. And when you look at the numbers, you know, adoption wise, short term rental management is so under adopted relative to residential or commercial management. And it just doesn't make sense to us. You can add more value from a bookings perspective. And you definitely add more value from a time perspective, right? When you look at residential, you're typically leasing that long term, right? And you can't add a ton of value here. Uh, versus on the short-term rental side, right? You're using dynamic pricing. You're trying to fill gap days. Um, you're constantly in touch um, with the market and adjusting those prices, adjusting those descriptions even, right, by the season. So that was something we really liked. And then also the industry in general, we are seeing now, especially with rising costs here, both inflationary and you know interest rates, more owners are coming onto the market. And that for us is a huge tailwind, right? I don't need to tell you, we've been seeing record inquiries coming in, asking to rent out their cottages for them. And, you know, one thing that stands out there too, from that perspective is, you know, when we think through some of the ongoing tailwinds going forward, you know, one thing I'm quite convinced is as we continue to see these cottages turn over and move into younger hands, that hesitancy towards renting is is going to be reduced, right? We really are moving into a sharing economy, especially the younger generations. You know, they've become accustomed to it, you know, Uber, things like that, even stuff like WeWork, right? So on that side, I think that'll be a continuing trend and we're really getting to have that benefit from it. In terms of CottageLink itself, there were a few things we immediately realized through our diligence. You know, firstly, the great team in place. That is something for us that is very important um, because not only does it help us, of course, as, as we're looking to grow and we are looking to do more acquisitions in the vacation rental management space. So we do need that you know, local market presence, which we think, especially for properties like what CottageLink manages, where you need that local market presence, it's a large factor. But getting that, I'd say, maturity from the team, the whole team here is longstanding and it really allows them to make decisions where, you know, if you had someone that had only been there for a month, you wouldn't be able to step back and, you know, work on the business, right? There's, you know, working in the business and then working on the business. That's what we want to focus on is how do we work on this business to grow it and let our amazing team, and we've got a great general manager there, work in the business and solve those day-to-day issues. Uh, so that really stood out. And then also, the brand and the homeowners, you know, we at Cottage Link have homeowners that have been with us since you founded it 20 years ago. 
And I'm constantly amazed when I'm going through some of the data that we look at and seeing when they joined. It's truly incredible. And I think that really sets us apart there. And part of it, you know, is, is the last thing that, that stood out was the technology side. Looking at other agencies and what they provide relative to CottageLink, you and Craig have really stood out from being at the forefront there and what you put in from a technology standpoint. And I think, frankly, that's what lets us run so lean as well. You know, relative to the number of properties we manage, the employee base isn't, isn't massive. We are very lean and it's a lot to do with that technology side. And that's really something that stood out. You know, one, one stat I love to talk about is we use Touchday there for the digital guidebooks. And then we use Breezeway for the text messaging. And we respond to 95% of messages within 20 minutes, right? And if that's not great service, you know, I, I don't know what is. And that's something that has definitely stood out from not only why we have homeowners staying with us, but also why we have so many repeat guests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad that, that the technology we took on has been so robust, in fact. But it's interesting you just talked about a lean, a, taking a lean approach to it. You've, mm-hmm. you, you know of Steve Milo, I'm sure, from V-Trips. Um, yeah, V-Trips, yeah. Yeah, V-Trips has, and I don't know how many thousand properties they have, and they've acquired a lot of companies over the past decade or so. But when I first interviewed Steve Milo, and he talked, and we talked about the start of his company, and you know what was the secret of his success, and that was exactly it. It was taking the lean approach. It was using technology to the max, and making the technology work for you. And he was up to 25 properties when he, before he took on his first employee. And I've never forgotten that. And then just looking at, at how he's grown and all those acquisitions, and he will still say that it's down to the technology. Plus, of course, and, and he does what you're talking about in your acquisition strategy is, is having those teams in place, is, is staying with the really strong teams that are in place. So... So I'm Yeah, no, know. he's he's done a, a great job on that side. You know, it's it, it is interesting how you have such different models. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, V Trips does keep it quite local on that side, and I think it's had huge benefits for them. And you know, you look at them compared to a Vacasa, for instance, you know, V Trips has gone the model of let's outsource all of this technology. You know, we can't do it better than you guys like Track, who I believe they use. We can't do it better, right? They're they're getting to spend a ton of R and D because they leverage all of the properties uh, they manage versus, you know, Vacasa um, has taken the other approach. They've gone in-house. So it is interesting to see those different um, models and how they work. You know, I think for us, of course, being a smaller uh, rental agency here, uh, definitely not Vacasa size, you know, it definitely makes sense to go the outsource model. And to your point, you know, the technology we have in place has not only saved us a ton of time, but also, frankly, the need to go out and hire more employees. So Mm -hmm. it's been, um, it truly has been a, a huge benefit there. So you closed on CottageLink, CLRM, at the start of the busiest, what seems to have been, because I was sitting back and looking at it instead of being right in it this time. So it seems to be have been <laughs> one of the busiest seasons in the company's history. So now we're at the end of the summer. I'd love your reflections on how it's gone and how, how it's all been handled. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was... It was busy for so many reasons, right? You know, naturally, the summer is already incredibly busy. But, you know, what we saw, too, was the was reverting back to, I'd say, pre-pandemic norms. So we started to see a lot more of those last minute bookings coming in, which not only from the perspective of getting those added bookings was important, but also just on the team 
uh, having to manage both the current co guests coming in and out and, you know, trying to make a big push on the booking side. You know, when we came in, we did notice there was probably some softness for a few periods in the summer, just given, you know, we weren't in that pandemic state anymore where, you know, I don't need to tell you, you would list a new property and it would be fully booked within five minutes because there was just so much demand there. We saw it really revert back to those guests having that ability to shop around. And I think when we came in, you know, with the help of you and Craig, we were able to be proactive and target those last minute booking windows. And we did a lot of marketing there. We increased the budget. And I think we did a great job of filling up those weeks. But looking back, you know, it is interesting about how much went on there. And, you know, I think a lot of it did confirm what we already thought about the business and the industry. You know, we did see that the technology side had a huge impact to not only help manage issues, but also help manage the large inventory growth we saw. I think it was different in terms of what we've seen historically, where especially for a seasonal business like this, where it is cottage management, you know, we normally onboard most of our properties at the start of the season, and then it gets pretty quiet after that. We'll have inquiries, but typically, you know, we just don't have the resources to go out and, you know, convert them, I'd say. What we saw here was those inquiries, and you, you'd probably agree, those inquiries didn't stop. Mm -hmm. uh, we continued to just get inbound after inbound, day after day. And I think what was nice here was we did have the added resources here to go out and meet those homeowners and get them onboarded. So it really led to a pretty busy end of summer there, both in terms of, like I said, the guest bookings, but also with everything we offer for our homeowners from an onboarding perspective and what we give to the guests, you know, personalized guidebooks. That was, you know, pretty time consuming for the team there. So that helped. I think, you know, one thing I did realize too, a bit more, we obviously knew it during diligence and understanding, you know, the industry itself, but hospitality, right? There really is nothing more important from that. And that was on full display. It's easy to see why hospitality is important. You can read about it. You can look at numbers and see returning, you know, stuff like that, which highlight that there is good service and hospitality matters, but you really don't understand it until you get behind the hood, right? And mm -hmm. you start seeing the inner workings of the business and you start seeing those emails, you start seeing those guest text messages, and that's where it really comes out. And, you know, I think our team is second to none in our market when it comes to guest servicing. And I think that has been made very clear to me during this busy season, you know, the number of great reviews we get. And, you know, it's funny, we, we had one, uh, you probably remember it. We had a property where uh, we couldn't actually even put the guest in the property. They weren't able to go through their rental. And we still somehow ended up with a five-star review from them because of the amazing service that our team had provided. And that's a guest now that will return, right? That otherwise probably would have been, you know, banging on our door, um, upset, right? So it's it, that's something that stood out. And, you know, I know there is a lot of debate in the industry about, you know, hospitality and, and its importance, you know, for us. And I think it does vary by business model. Um, going back to the condos, right? That's That's kind of, I'd say, more getting people in and out the door. I don't think that works at all from a cottage perspective. You do need that hospitality. All of our cottages are unique. And that's what makes cottaging so great, right, is that it is in a hotel. So if you don't provide that local market knowledge, you know, you won't win in this market, I don't think. So that's that's something that's really come out to me. And then I think one, too, and I think it, I think it was Sarah 
you had on the podcast or maybe on her podcast, one thing that was mentioned, I think, was the whole 80-20 approach. That's really become clear to me uh, when I think through our owners and 20%, I'd probably even go 90-10, 10% of our owners probably take up 90% of our time. And I think that's been something that's really stood out and has really made us, it's easy from a financial perspective to looking at the numbers. And I know, you know, I know we thought this, I don't think I've ever brought it up. I know we thought um, during our diligence when we saw you were culling properties. Um, so culling is in, you know, getting rid of properties at the end of each year. We thought of that, you know, financially as that doesn't really make a ton of sense. You've already onboarded them and, you know, for properties here, most of that cost really comes up front, right? And for us, we thought, why wouldn't you keep them on the property or on the uh, listing page here? Why wouldn't you keep them as a homeowner? And we've really seen now why that why that is the case. It just doesn't make sense from a time perspective and frankly, from a morale perspective, right? And if our team's getting overworked or upset about certain owners, it is a quick decision now, I think, where we try and educate them on the process. And if that doesn't work, then you know, honestly, life's too short. And I think that's a relationship that that you need to sever, both from the team's perspective, but also from the guest perspective. Uh, we don't want guests to have bad experiences in our cottages. And, you know, sometimes homeowners just don't have that hospitality mindset. Um, so we need to, you know, either educate or, or I'd say disengage. I remember talking about, you know, our best performing property, and we let it go because of the owner. And, and I remember, remember mm-hmm. that 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 look. I, I think I saw in your in your face was why the shock and horror we had. <laughs> why would you do this? Your top performing property, and and you just let it go. Uh, and I think you probably you, well, as you just said, you 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 would understand why we would do that now. Um, there's been yeah. you know you've you've had some. Great, ninety percent. It is ninety percent, ninety ten. I think ninety percent of our rental, your rentals, your rentals have gone super smoothly this summer. Ten percent, mm-hmm. maybe not so much. Ten percent have given you ninety percent of the uh, of the problems. I mean, you know, just just taking things that are out of everybody's control. We had two major storms, and then within those two storms, I think they wiped out three three properties, maybe four. Completely, you know what? Two, yeah. two, two properties got four, four, maybe five, actually. Two properties got completely demolished. Um, so that that was tough, having to rehouse or relocate all those guests who were so looking forward to their vacation, and then this storm came along, and their vacation location was uh, was no more. And I'm sure this resonates with many property managers who are listening to this because you're in areas where there's hurricanes, you're in areas where there's wildfires and and you've all you've all seen this appreciated that these things happen having these things happen justin how's how's that helped you understand the nature of the business and perhaps how you're going to manage it going forward yeah no it was truly an incredible summer there in terms of the damage i don't think you've ever seen it i think across you know, we've had multiple storms, I think probably four or five have been taken offline because of it. And it's funny, because those two you're mentioning that were completely destroyed, actually, I think happened, you know, a week or two before signing. So it was something, you know, that we had obviously never expected (laughs) on that side. But it was, you know, what, what really came out was, you know, you need to work quickly to rehouse these guests. And I think 
One thing too we've we've noticed and you know is something we'll implement in the off season is having more standardized processes for these. Most often, you know, it's unique. It's hard to have a standardized process for a black swan event, right? That's why it is a black swan event is because you're not supposed to be able to plan around it. And because it's, you know, it's it's such a low probability that it would ever happen. But what we've started to see is what we would consider anomalies have now become, especially when you manage more and more properties, just a greater sample size, you will get those events more frequently, even though there's such low probability. And it's a massive time commitment is what we've really seen. And the team does a great job, um, but there's no getting around it. You need to work quickly. And the nice thing actually about, you know, those damages are typically it'll happen and you'll have guests lined up for the summer. So you have weeks to reorganize and to move them to another property. You know, what, what is more, I'd say, uh, concerning that has to be dealt with is when a guest shows up to a property and it doesn't meet their expectations. That's when the time pressure really is on because you need to get them out of that cottage ASAP and into another one, right? Otherwise, it's a total refund. And for us, that's something that stood out. And I think having those processes in place almost in terms of creating a database of who are the comparable cottages that we can relocate them to, both in terms of a price perspective, but also a quality perspective, right? If you're expecting a nice sandy waterfront, you got to find and replace them to a similar property. If it's supposed to be kids friendly, you can't have, you can't be putting them in a cottage that, you know, has more rocky terrain or steep cliffs or anything like that. So that's something we'll work out. I think also too, what we've seen is on the damage side and those damage claims, that's where it really becomes a time suck. So trying to have a more standardized process there on dealing with them is is something we'll look into. And you roll your eyes because I know you know it's 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 tough to have a standardized process for that. Because when you have an angry guest on the phone, no matter the templates you have in place, it, it doesn't help um, too much there. So it's something we're trying to work through. But it's something I think that the ill-prepared teams would have challenges doing. Mm -hmm. When you have an experienced team like we do, they're able to act quickly. And that's something that's really impressed me is when we had those guest issues from the tornado, I think we were able to replace and rebook, you know, 90% of them. I think uh, most of them we able were able to rehouse. And even when it comes to the short guest notice, right, when it comes to, you know, not improper cleaning or something was broken. We had a few of those and our GM was able to get them replaced um, and rehoused within, you know, 30 minutes. It was, it was truly seamless. And frankly, those are the ones where if you're hospitality focused, you know, you're going to have to take a loss on your side to get them rehoused, but it's worth it for the guest experience. Right. And it's, it's a good learning event, especially for us when we came into the business, you know, I am happy, frankly, looking back on it, that we had these experiences because it now lets us better prepare for them going forward and really see that side of the business that you never think of, right? You always think of it as, you know, we're, we're making money, the guests are coming in, the guests are leaving, there's no issues. This, this really shows you why not anyone can just start up a short-term rental business. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of fortitude, frankly, when you're dealing with, dealing with some of these issues. Well, it's interesting, you know, when we had me- you know, so many meetings before, uh, before the, the, the sale finally closed. And I think we, Craig and I between us told you just story after story after story about you know things things that happened and that was all well and good you knowing that but every Mm -hmm. every everything that happened this summer the larger ones were all new there will always be something new that that you haven't come across before it was interesting you mentioned about black swan events 
I, mm-hmm. I've done a, an, a course in emergency planning. You know, I always think it's great mm. to, at some point in the quiet part of the season, to do an emergency planning exercise where you do brainstorm all the impossible things that you think could happen. And a year or so ago, I was looking back on that emergency planning course that I did. And right at the end, it had, ha, 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 global pandemic. <laughs> We're long before COVID. But it was like, and, you know, don't forget, there could be a global pandemic. And, and there we were, you know, we never expected anything like that to happen. And, you know, we, we did actually have things in place where we'd thought about things like, you know, what would happen if owners wanted to go and stay in their properties and wanted to oust the guests, which, of mm-hmm. course, some did and decided not to rent. So, yeah, it would, Black Swan event sort of uh, triggered that off for me. So talking about owners, you've met <laughs> with a lot of owners. I mean, that, I mean, you really hit the ground running mm-hmm. with new owners. I think you went out with Craig a couple of times to sort of shadow him as he was going through the acquisition process. You know, and by that, I mean, when, you know, you arrive at the door, you've never met the people before. What is it that you actually do? You know, do you sit down and talk about the terms or do you go and look around the place and do you give them suggestions or whatever? When you're talking to owners, and I think you're pretty seasoned at this now because you've been taking on quite a lot of new properties recently, what do you think that mm-hmm. uh, that owners are looking for for most from a management company? What are the questions you're getting? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And yeah, to your point, we, especially since we're new to this industry, we really take a hands-on approach here. We want to understand the business really well. And, you know, that's part of why we're excited about, you know, the future here, not only at CottageLink, but, you know, future acquisitions is that partnership side and how we can take the hands-on knowledge we're learning now and use it to improve other businesses and grow with those other founders. You know, one thing I've liked doing a ton, (laughs) especially because I, you know, I love cottage country out here and visiting nice cottages is never a, you know, never a tough day. It beats being at the office looking at a spreadsheet. So I've gotten to go out, meet a ton of homeowners. And part of that is just given, you know, the great brand and the number of inquiries we get when they kind of present themselves on your lap. It's it's hard not to want to go out and uh, get them onboarded. You know, it's interesting, you know, to your point. I've seen, you know, a whole spectrum of owners. Some of them have rented before. They don't really need that rundown. So you kind of come in, do the tour and get acquainted fairly quickly. Others, you'll be on the phone with them for an hour, giving them an overview. You'll then get to the cottage and you'll sit down for an hour. And I think a lot of that is setting those expectations, right? And you'd probably agree, you know, the owners we have trouble with are because they have the wrong expectations of renting. And I think really setting that up front of you are renting out your property. We do intense screening of guests, but, you know, there will be issues, right? Not everyone will follow a departure checklist. You have to go with the flow sometimes and accept that. And I think really getting that through to people of you are being compensated for this. There is work on your part still. We can't do everything on that side has really, you know, resonated. I think in terms of the things owners I've spoken with have been most focused on, I'd say firstly, that local market knowledge, right? Um, And I think that kind of comes from two factors. One is the price side. If you don't have a local market focus and understand, especially for where we operate, understand those markets, uh, you're destined to price it incorrectly, right? Either overpriced or underpriced. We operate in a market that's very unique, right? Ontario has 
thousands of lakes here. And when we look at the different lakes, even a lake has a premium, right? Um, we have the big three lakes, which carry a massive premium. We've got, you know, Lake Simcoe, which has a premium. And then you have some others, which are smaller lakes, but they also carry a premium for certain values they have, right? Whether it's great fishing, whether they don't accept, you know, exterior, you know, third um, external boats, right? Um, stuff like that has an impact. I think what we've seen is those price insights and how we come to that decision has a big factor and whether you're asking the right questions um, has an important factor there. I'd say as part of the local market knowledge too, apart from price, it's also how do you generate demand? And for us, having a large presence, we've got a great brand. We generate a ton of bookings from our return guests. 40% of our bookings are return guests, which you know I, I think is probably one of the best in, best in the market. And we also have a strong subscriber list that are all cottage country focused. And really selling that to owners and how we can generate demand, I think is a big difference there. When it comes to the actual guest screening side, I think this is probably market specific and has really helped um, from an owner acquisition standpoint. There's a big difference, the market we operate in relative to ones, you know, you brought up Steve Milo, V-Trips, you know, they've got a big presence in Florida as well. Florida is almost entirely investment focused. Most of those owners of condos out there aren't actually living there. They typically just buy it for the rental income. There's a big difference in how you treat or think about those guests coming in versus a cottage, for instance. Most of our owners, these are multi-generational cottages, right? They've passed down through the family. And as a result, it's not just a rental property. It's something they like enjoying with their family. And they think of it as, you know, it truly is their second home here. And that, I think, really stands out when we talk about our guest screening. We do a lot more guest screening than I think most other markets would do, um, especially you know when you think about an Airbnb or a VRBO where it's auto book, the screening there is fairly limited. I think that has really stood out and giving them the comfort that we do really focus on what you as a homeowner are looking for and who we put in your cottage. And you know if you're looking for family focused, we will tailor the listing, we will tailor how we screen guests to get to that. It gives them a lot of comfort. And I think going back to the return guest standpoint, we have 40% of our bookings coming from return guests. And our approach to that is such that we feel confident putting them in any of our cottages, right? And the system we have where we'll flag a guest, whether it's, you know, we have a yellow flag or a red flag, we don't want those, I'd say, bad apples on our platform, right? And that's what makes our ecosystem so great with these return guests is we can feel confident telling a homeowner, this is a return guest from a previous property. You will have no issues with them in your cottage. And that gives a lot of our homeowners, especially the ones who are a bit more nervous about renting normally because they're new, um, really stands out. And I'm curious for, for your perspective, you know, you've seen it now for 20 years. How, how has that changed from the screening side? You know, I mentioned earlier the sharing economy, especially the new owners of properties are getting a bit more accustomed to renting. Mm-hmm. How have you kind of seen that trend over time? Yeah, we've seen, we've seen owners becoming a little bit more relaxed about who comes into their place. But still, you know, I still feel felt that when when we left there were a high proportion of owners who who valued the screening above everything else mm-hmm. you know i i trust you to match the right people to my place so you're not putting people in here that are clearly not suited to it or not suited to me as the owner and and i there has not 
really been much of a change in that. Although, as as we've had as we had more investor type owners coming in, they who have who've bought a property purely for the rental income, maybe they're a little bit more relaxed about who goes in there. They're more mm-hmm. concerned about noise and noise and damage rather than right. disrespect which is what the family type owner is is concerned about but it uh, you know it mm-hmm. you, you made a point earlier on about owners becoming younger mm-hmm. you know as as properties being passed down they're becoming a little bit younger they they, they the, this is the airbnb generation that's that's now taking on properties they have a different approach to it for sure yeah Maybe. and i think i think that really goes into the owner expectation and an education process of we on our side have to understand what their goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've seen it too, right? We have owners at all ends of the spectrum. Some of them are incredibly picky, right? And we'll get four bookings and only one of them will pass their criteria. And then on the other side, we have those who are more willing to take that risk because to your point, they're younger, they're thinking of it more as an investment. And that's where I think knowing your homeowner upfront mm-hmm really sets you on a path for success, right? We now know they're open to additional marketing channels. They're open to, I'd say, more different, you know, different target demographics here. And they're, and by demographics, I mean, you know, whether it's a family, whether it's a couple, whether it's just a larger group there for an event, that really, you know, factors into the channels we market them on. And, you know, I, to your point, I have seen, a lot of owners, homeowners, increasingly you know, willing to go on VRBO or Airbnb because they see the benefits there from a booking perspective. And I think that's just on the rental agency always to know that risk tolerance and ensure you're working within it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. No, no one size fits all. And I think that's probably the key um, to to the happy owner is, is addressing each one mm-hmm. as a very unique person. Mm-hmm. And there are there are some times too. I think you know we need to take a step back and and think about does this homeowner truly want to rent? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had calls where you speak to a homeowner and they are just so reluctant um, with <laughs> anything that y- you have to ask the question. You know, do you truly want to rent here? Because um, mm-hmm. a lot of what you're saying is is just an expectation that a guest coming in will have. Um, so that's, that's been something too, where, especially when you get, we're in a fortunate spot here that we get enough inquiries and, uh, inbounds here from potential homeowners that we have the opportunity to be a bit more selective and understanding that I think will really help when it goes to growing the business, right? We can't be, you know, going to the 90, 10, we can't be bogged down with those 10% of homeowners. We need to make sure that we have those homeowners who respect the advice we give them and, as a result, a lot of our homeowners, myself and the team, have probably never spoken to um, in the last few months, right? Because it just works so seamlessly. And they really only speak with us when there are issues. And they trust us, you know, to give the proper pricing, to get get the weeks booked. And that's made a big difference, especially when it comes to retention as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we operate in the business here with very low variable costs, very high fixed costs. So having those homeowners stay on for a long period of time really helps that flywheel in terms of growing the business. And we think of it, there's a metric, you know, LTV to CAC. um, So lifetime value divided by your customer acquisition cost. And that customer acquisition cost, we talked about it earlier, 
it's all up front, right? Mm-hmm. Getting the photos, taking the time to meet with them, getting their listing up and live. After that, you know, it's, it's largely just maintenance. You go every so often if you need some new photos. But after that, the heavy lifting is done. So after that, you're really just trying to keep them on board, right? Meet their expectations. And that's really where you grow the top part of that equation. And that's the lifetime value. So one thing that's one thing we realized in diligence is these businesses are incredibly attractive if you have strong retention and having that hospitality and a brand name uh, really helps with that retention side. And we saw that in diligence, as, as you'll know, given all of the numerous data requests we had on a property by property basis. So (laughs) we, uh, we got pretty confident in that side. Um, Going back to that, really, I don't think we were, we were as prepared as we should have been to sell the business, (laughs) but we, we made it, we made it. So from that perspective, what advice would you give to anybody that's listening? Who's thinking that, you know, I might want to sell my business in the next few years from a buyer's perspective, what would you tell them? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great question. And yeah, from, from the buyer side, we've seen a lot of different approaches to it. And I think the point that is always the case is if you're starting to plan when you're getting ready to sell the business, it's probably too late. You need to plan well in advance and it's for multiple reasons, right? A lot of potential buyers will want to see that, the transition process is not necessarily easy, but it's not difficult, right? Especially if you as the owner want to exit the business fairly quickly, you need to show and highlight that you have a a competent team in place. You've got a general manager that manages the day-to-day operations. And as a result, that transition will be a bit more seamless. And, you know, an example here was the team here, you and Craig do still have those relationships with the owners, but you've transitioned them a lot down to the team such that when we came in, you know, we weren't concerned of what's called key man risk, um, or in this case, key woman risk, I guess. But that side being when you exit the business, do all of your homeowners basically get up and leave because they don't trust you'll be able to manage it. That's something that's quite important there. So having Mm -hmm. that conviction that this business is being run independently of that owner has a large impact. And in general, you know, this, this key man risk item is not only relating to the homeowners, but all level, all aspects of the business, right? You need to convince that buyer that if you leave, no negative impacts will happen. It'll be business as usual. So that's one side. I think on the other side too, is how you track and look at your business. A lot of owners they are incredible operators, right? They know in their head exactly how their business is doing because they've been doing it so long, right? You and Craig in your head, you knew if you were having a good year, you knew if you're having a good, um, you know, onboarding period with new homeowners, but you, you know, and, and we worked a lot, I think, during the process to get those numbers and we were able to get all of them, but having those in advance and seeing how they track over time I think is important. And, you know, to your and Craig's credit, most of that data was already there. So we were able to go through that and have a lot of questions that we asked you because there was so much data. We talked about KPIs. So KPIs are key performance indicators. I think every business, whether you're selling or not selling, should always have, these are the five metrics I look at. So, you know, retention, number of properties, GBV, gross booking value uh, per property, right? Um, Occupancy rates. These are all things that 
as a owner, you should track and know that you will be asked those immediately when a potential buyer is coming in. So I think that's quite important there. I think understanding transition and what you would like is important. I think that's often something the buyer will have a preference for. So for us, whenever we look at some of these businesses, and I mentioned we're hoping to grow both in the US and Canada. So we're actively looking at other opportunities in the vacation rental management space. And the approach we take is we always like to partner with our potential owners here. So we want to make sure you know, there is a transition potentially possible there, or they'd like to stay involved, whether it's, you know, from a time perspective or an ownership perspective, we think that creates great alignment. But I think one thing that owners need to think about there is, A, how do I want to transition? Do I, do I want to be involved with this business for the next year, for the next three years, or do I want it to be one month after the acquisition, I'm out of the business? And I think that takes time to decide and you should definitely have that prepared because mm-hmm. when a buyer is asking you that question, you don't want to have a wishy-washy answer. And at worst, you don't want to get to the closing date where you're pretty much at the altar and all of a sudden now you're the bride here saying, oh, you know, this isn't what I wanted. So that can really throw things off there. And then the last thing I'd say too is from a value perspective, I think it's important that the buyer and the seller are aligned there. I think that's one thing that worked really well for us was from that initial conversation we had, I immediately knew that our values were aligned. We wanted and we were focused, you know, it was, it was a non-negotiable essentially that all of the employees were kept, right? You cared about the mm-hmm. team that you had built over time. And I think that's important because it also, from a seller perspective, determines who you reach out to. Right. That is an important point of not only, you know, maximizing value as a seller, but also maximizing, I'd say, happiness at the end of the sale. Right. From an intangible perspective, are you happy with who you're selling to? If you are just looking to maximize cash, maybe the employee, you're not as focused on keeping the employees in place, then, you know, that's probably when you go to a larger company that has those centralized processes. If you're focused on keeping the employees, keeping the culture, you know, keeping the community involvement, right? If you are heavily involved in the community, you sponsor a lot of events, um, you have, you know, a strong, I'd say, advocacy group when it comes to short-term rental regulation, making sure those continue is quite important. And I think that's probably what determines who you actually reach out to and what partner you're looking for here. Well, certainly, you know, three months down the line now, I still wake up every morning happier. In fact, every day is happier <laughs> that we <laughs> that we sold that we sold at the right time and we sold to the right people. And and I see, you know, I still talk to our employees every single day on one topic or another, whether it's you know it's it, it's a private you know how's your COVID <laughs> conversation or it's a you know it, it's a business conversation. So we, we, we're still in there, and I don't think we'll ever lose that connection with our staff. And I thank you. And, and your team for making that transition as seamless as it has been for all the staff and for all the owners, because I don't, most of the owners haven't really cottoned on to the fact that we're not, we're, you know, that, that we have, <laughs> we didn't tell them we'd sold, but it's, it's been very, very seamless. So, uh, you know, that's massive credit to, to your team and, and your management of the, 
incumbent team that has 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 kept that. Yeah, no, we've been we've been incredibly happy on that side. We were, um, you know, that's something you can never you can get a sense qualitatively, and it goes to that point about key man risk. We can we can assess whether that is a, a large risk at close, and there's structures around that, of course. You know, whether it's less cash up front, more of an earnout, items like that. And I know, you know, some of the larger uh, there's great data. You know, if if you're looking to sell your business, you really should look into the data, um, so you can understand too. You know, what is considered market, right? What is a good structure versus what is something that, you know, may not be enough cash up front, may not be enough, you know, a high enough price, stuff like that. You can get a lot of great data, you know, Vacas is a public company and they actually list, you know, this is how we've been buying our companies. This is the percent cash we use. This is percent earnout. This is percent, you know, seller note. Um, so that data is great. And you, one item I, I forgot to mention, actually, I realized is the owner contracts absolutely essential in the owner contracts that they're that you are allowed to assign them to the next seller whether it's you remain silent on it entirely or whether there is that um, mm-hmm. assignability contract in there that's that really is something that i think any owner now preparing to sell in the next few years uh, should think about pretty seriously and and just start getting those contracts re-signed because it just creates a lot of unneeded uh, stress frankly because that's something that the buyer will likely say is, you know, a requirement prior to close is that you go and get those contracts reassigned. Justin, it's and luckily it wasn't an issue for us. So <laughs> well, I was trying to find some of the contracts that were on faxed paper from 15 years ago. <laughs> well, when you've got homeowners from 2005, I, uh, I, it's definitely wasn't uh, online at that point. So that was that was a fun process when you were sending us over scanned copies of, of that. <laughs> Justin, it's been fantastic exploring the last three months or the last eight months with you. As I say, I, I couldn't be happier with the way it's gone. Glad you're continuing to look at acquisitions because I think, uh, you know, if anybody's out there thinking about selling, then... Uh, you know, you have my absolute 100% endorsement as being a great company to sell Thank to. You, you know, I, I'm, I'm out there to, to advise anybody in the due diligence process how not to lose your cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say, too, I think we got a lot of learnings from this initial transaction, too, of, on our side. Given our backgrounds, you know, I think we probably overdo it from a diligence perspective. So you and I have had some great conversations after closing about understanding, you know, where it was, where we probably pushed the envelope a bit too much. We asked for too much data for certain things. And, you know, that's that's on our end, too, of, you know, we go we turn every rock over. So that's that's been a good learning, too, of. We also understand you as the owner are managing the business the entire time we're going through this diligence. So it can definitely be a stressful time and goes to your point, too, about preparing. The more prepared there, um, hopefully the less stress it has for owners because they have that data more readily available. And yeah. I think if I think if you and Craig weren't as prepared as you were, then we probably would have had some more uh, intense conversations during the process. But I will say every time we had one of those conversations, I think the two of us came came out with an even stronger relationship. And I think that's what's really helped during this transition. I don't know. I look back on some of my messages to Craig saying, I'm not talking to anybody. <laughs> I'm going quiet for two days. However, it all worked out well. Justin, I wish you so much good fortune in the future. Know that Pillar 49 is is going to grow and 
bring in some amazing new companies I'll be watching and you know always always out there to to give you any advice or help that you might need but I think you're powering away perfectly on your own <laughs> well thank you so much that means a lot to hear and thank you so much for the time here I'm really excited to be able to share our story and we're very excited. The off season is here. So we'll be able to recharge the batteries a bit and now start thinking through, you know, next summer and looking for uh, growth over the next several months. Well, we should probably uh, redo this in about uh, a year's time and, uh, and see how your first full year has gone. Definitely. I'll have to re-listen to this and see all the new things I've learned since. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, will talk soon. <laughs> Well, thank you, Justin. Absolutely great to to talk to you and and hear your perspective after your three months as the new CEO of CLRM. And long may your success continue. Uh, and I'll certainly be watching, of course, over the years. I was, I was saying to uh, Justin after we finished uh, recording that, you know, three months on, I still wake up every morning and feel completely happy about the way the company's going. It really has been a seamless transition and everything's just ticked along just like it did before. Guests really haven't noticed and owners really haven't noticed unless they're, you know, they're noticing an improvement because that's, that's the only way that they're going is up and is improving and upgrading. And, and I love to see that. So, uh, you know, they really are running on rails now. So could be that I will be out of a job much sooner than I actually thought. But I'm heading off to Alabama in eight weeks time. So I don't know what I'm going to do with my winter course, building the course. The, you know, I'm working with Jodie Bourne on our vacation rental formula business school. And, and we are just coming up to announcing our beta program in they're very, very shortly. And I know I keep saying that, but you know, it is actually going to happen. I, I promise you very shortly. So if you're on our waiting list, you will be hearing from us. So that's it. I've gone over the hour this time, which is unusual for me, but uh, there was such great content in there that I'm sure you don't mind. And I just hope that you're, you've, you've listened right the way through to the end. So thank you as ever for, for listening and, and I hope that you do enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of, your, of the final weeks of summer and I'll talk to you again next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you and I look forward to being with you again next week.